Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Similar. Right. Uh, okay. Open this app back up. Put you there. Script and then go Farago and then do. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty Dum Land. This is a Dumpty Dum from Iris from Germany and it's played on a nose flute. I hope it's called that. Ooh. In German, you say Nasenflöte. So you breathe in it via your nose and this is not disgusting, it's only air. And then you form the notes with your mouth. And uh, well, being a music therapist, I thought. Um, I just give you this nice impression and now I'm up, up and away in uh, <laughs> an area where there's no reception and only sheep and pigs and cows. And I'm really looking forward to that. And I wish you all a nice, uh, well, here it's a bank holiday, but I wish you nice days anyway. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>
You know what, Lucy? I'm what? incredibly in love with this woman. I, I love know. Irish. <laughs> Iris, I love you. I, I love her understated German way of yes. just like everything. Oh, I want to give her a cuddle. She's quietly eccentric. You're wonderful, Iris. And thank you for that, folks. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality <laughs> doggy drama that has centered an Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the overweight protester. Oh, Overnight! Stop it! I am the overnight protester. That is Royfield Brown. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm overweight. I need to lose weight, Lucy. <laughs> That's the reason why I, I, I misread that. It's all very Freudian. I'm the overnight protester. That is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the dummy in a blanket. That is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Linda's futile fight, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum de Dum is from R. Iris over there in Deutschland on a Nasenfluten or something or another. <laughs> uh, we, we salute you. We thank you. And I don't think it's disgusting. I think it sounds wonderful, Iris. And uh, we, we, need, we need many more of those. You can knock out another tune. Maybe you can do Primal Screams Loaded. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have... By the way, thank you everybody that sent me uh notes uh tweets uh emails whatever saying the light or the weather or stuff last week uh that was wonderful so i put it to you iris uh in the spirit of keeping andy weatherall uh andy weatherall's music alive uh primal screams loaded or saying etienne's only love can break us up break us apart on the nars and fluten uh next week <laughs> thank you very much please now lucy if yes. somebody else would like to send us in a dum dum how exactly can they do that? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum uh, using any part of your anatomy or leave us a plot oh. prediction, then call us on... Oh, that's dangerous, isn't it? Or <laughs> then call us on 0203 <laughs> or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices, and to Derek Lone in the Back Bedroom, uh, Derek's not in at the moment, as it's his day at the sperm bank. He's the only male client they have who makes withdrawals. <laughs> Lucy, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's episode, we hear views from Claire, Iris, Dusty, Master Miles and Witherspoon. But first, before all that stuff, it's our Juicy Loose and a week in Ambridge. <laughs> This week in Ambridge was one of those surreal weeks when you really hope no one wanders past the radio and says, what's happening? Well, Philip says he can't employ Ed because Gavin might be going out with Emma and Lillian's padlock Linda to the pub, only it's not Linda, it's a waxwork from the stately home that that man fell off of. Look, I can't really explain, just shush. But let us begin at the beginning, which took place at Linda's stinky rebellion meeting in the shop. I'm still not convinced by Jazza being part of it. The only name you could call a pub that would stop Jazza going to it would be the Culloden Arms. He generally <laughs> only... That's good. Well done, I like that. He generally <laughs> only does things for beer or sex, and this seems to actively prevent him from having beer, and he doesn't fancy Linda Bottom, but I suppose he might give Tracy a go on the sex front. No matter, though... He's oddly committed to it. So discounting Trace's near-psychopathic ideas for revenge on the Bat Ambridge, let's glue people's teeth together, Linda. Linda decided to chain herself to the pub sign, which has not been taken down. So the stupid thing is in effect still called the bull anyway. It was the oddest <laughs> protest I have ever come across. 
Firstly, people were hooting at her in sympathy. This is impressive because they had to read the words, the bull is a bull, not a bee, on her sign. Not only does this sound like it was written by Dr. Zeus, the cars sounded as if they were hurtling around Silverstone, which means the speed awareness campaign was a sack of shite. And how long would they have to read it? Or was the Mm. sign absolutely massive? Was it draped over St. Stephen's or something? Even Ben stopped for a chat with Emma Linda Pankhurst outside the mall <laughs> before he announced he was off to the shop to buy more flour and butter for Hootie. Mm, flowery butter. She loves it. So <laughs> not only were people who hadn't really expressed much interest one way or the other in what the pub was called falling over themselves to bring Linda hot drinks and food rather than just stepping over and saying, oh, go home, you massive attention seeker. But even the staff of the pub she was picketing were bringing her food. I say it was Linda's decision. The fact is, Robert was the secret mastermind behind this campaign. It meant he could renew his Babe Station subscription and sit by the fire at home eating a KFC party bucket. The only drawback was every couple of hours he had to pop up the pub to collect a she-wee full of urine. But it was a small price to pay for a bit of peace. In a moment of sanity, Ed pointed out to Jazza that if everyone boycotts the pub, then it will go bankrupt and people will lose their jobs, including Wayne. And what would happen to Wayne's imaginary girlfriend, Beverly Drains, then we asked. Told you it was one of those weeks. Mm. And then the pub would be taken over by a hideous chain that would paint everything sage green, stick oars and wheelbarrows on the walls. And although all Wayne can make is sandwiches, it's still better than that stupid pub food that's three enormous chips the size of house bricks served on a slate (laughs) with a stilted and pomegranate burger no one's thought this through have they (laughs) linda was completely unbearable and kept comparing herself to greta thunberg greta thunberg doesn't poo in a jam jar linda jazza himself wasn't having much less of a surrealistic week than everyone else as it was revealed that he has made a sort of den in the hydroponic fish tank he says it's warm, he's got beer in there and nibbles, although he has to be a bit quick with the nibbles before they crawl off, and he seems to be very happy because he would be <laughs> developing gills and mutating slowly. Johnny is not developing a steroid addiction. He is going to the gym endlessly in the hope that he will make one massive muscle on his head, which will hide the fact <laughs> he's losing his hair. So Frederick of Lower Loxley discovered he was taking hair growth pills. Alistair actually prescribed them for the Monties. So any day now, Johnny will not only have shiny, luxuriant hair, but his lactation will go through the roof. Now, that'll be a real USP for the Bridge Farm Dairy, Helen. Made from organic milk, fresh from the moobs of a Lancastrian farmhand. Isn't diversification brilliant? Gavin and Emma were the pub's only customers this week until Ed just happened to pop up, having disguised himself as a packet of pork scratchings in order to spy on them. They weren't really on a date anyway, unless you think talking about cribbage and giggling annoyingly is one. And in that case, you live in Coronation Street in the 1950s. The saga of the fat horse continues. Now, I am no psychologist, but I would suggest there's a fair bit of projection going on from Lillian about the fact that her horses can't get out of their stable without the fire brigade coming to take the wall out. And her dog's now so fat it's taller lying down. Ruby's not overweight, she's buxom, said Lillian hotly. And anyway, Justin likes her like that. It gives him something to hang on to. And she's had her (laughs) lead cut on the bias, so it's more flattering. Shula and Yakult, because they are both joyless twats, are waging a calorie war against the podgy pets of Ambridge, including Hilary Noakes' pet bird. I had heard that Hilary liked a cockatoo. Then there was another instance of this weird thing that keeps happening. 
Mm. We were told that Lillian, like a small pastel pink Viella battleship, was all braced to go and have it out with Yakult. I was thrilled at the prospect of hearing Yakult dismantle Lillian and tell her with implacable Scandinavian bleakness that her horses were both now thoroughbred packs of treks. But... Not only did we not mm. hear it, Lillian said to Shula, Oh, actually, it was fine, and I completely understand, and I've signed them up for a weight loss clinic. Although I would pay to see Lillian trotting round on a lunge rein with Yakult shouting, Move your ass, fatty! I cannot tell you how disappointed <laughs> this has made me. This is the thing that keeps happening. It's like playing tennis with someone who does a terrific serve. You get really excited and wallop it back, and then they just do a drop shot into the net, wander off and stare into space. It's plot teasing. That's what it is. <laughs> um, Josh... Brookfield's one-man crime wave is still moping around the farm, hoping that if he cleans up enough shit, he might be out of it himself. He lent his car to Ben. That's good. He, he lent his car to Ben and told him to take care of it. Ben immediately filled it with sheepdogs, takeaway Rory and a made-up friend called Naz, who I presume we're supposed to believe is Ben's one ethnic friend, but I bet you any money, Naz is short for Nuzdershim. <laughs> <laughs> Krusty <laughs> cheerfully suggested to Ed that he got a job with Philip. Back off, Krusty. Philip doesn't come to your work and teach you how to get the athlete's foot powder out of a flip-flop thong. And finally, a sad storyline for the character we love to hate. Or hate to hate. Or just hate, anyway. Kate trusted her own body to the extent that she couldn't tell the difference between pregnancy and the menopause. Luckily, Yakult <laughs> had insisted she took a test. Kate, I really think you should do one, he said. I thought we've all had at some point. Next, we'll <laughs> next week, she'll announce she has Lyme disease before realising it's hiccups. The end. <laughs> well done, Freeman. Solid effort this week. Very solid. All round solid. Well done. Few gags, few jokes, some insights into the human psyche uh, as observed through the arches. Well done. Thank you. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I've decided mm. not to comment on the nonsense that is this one woman protest. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't. Now, mm -hmm. I understand. I knew you were going to say that because it's just, it's really difficult to write about, think about or talk about because it's so stupid. I get it that in any continuous drama what you need is drama pathos you need a whole gamut of things but as is the way specifically with British continuing dramas is you need comedy but this has gone so way yeah. far and beyond this it's is like rent a ghost funny. this is what it's like rent exactly. a ghost exactly this is uh -huh. farce on such an extreme level that yeah. it makes no sense. And what has made this even more unpalatable is that the characters that they've used as the main protagonists, antagonists, whatever, are the ones who are, you know, arguably the most comic. With the, with the exception uh -huh. of Kenton, Lillian is a funny character, or at least can be. And Linda Snell is played for laughs half the time as well. So you have characters who, on their day, are funny to the point of, definitely with Linda anyway, slightly unbelievable. Right, at least on their day can be. 
mm. playing this whole scenario, which is so ill-conceived that it just beggars any belief. Yeah. Right? That it's just such a pile of nonsense. I will moderate my speech that I can't comment on it. I really can't. The whole, any further, I should say, because I'm commenting on it now. But the whole. <laughs> I was going to say, for someone that's not talking about it, you're talking about it quite Then long. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> because I think there were some, I think there have been some really interesting, um, quite touching and brave bits of the Archers this week. But this is just not it. And I get uh-huh. it. The, if, you know, if we were to have the, the showrunner, the producer, whatever they're called, the head honcho, sit down with us and say, look, a key constituent of any continuing drama is humour and absurdity. But this is literally, you know, jumping the shark. This Uh. is just utterly ridiculous. I'm out. I ain't going to talk about it. Right. Moving swiftly on. What else? Uh, The Johnny storyline with the hair loss. Mm. Where do you stand with that, Arlus? Well, actually, I thought it was quite interesting. I have a friend who lost his hair when he was at university. Mm. And it was a massive, massive deal for him. Because he said if somebody puts on a load of weight, they can do something about it. If somebody wants to, um, if somebody's too skinny, if a bloke is too skinny and wants to, you know, change his physique, he can do that. You know, there's... Uh, there's lots of surgery in there. And this was way before the days of um, implants and all that sort of thing. Mm. And it's such an indicator of age that I think it's, it's a really, really big deal for blokes. It's incredibly, it's an incredibly sensitive issue for them. They do do it in a very, the amount of times blokes have sort of come out to me as, as having, as being losing their hair. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm looking at you, right? <laughs> you know, I can see you are, but, you know, they, it's sort of like the lengths they go to to hide things and, you know, all that. Like Johnny was talking about his sort of coping mechanisms about always making sure he's standing up and that sort of thing. Um, it's, yeah, I just thought it was quite well handled. And I think for Johnny, who is very sensitive and has a sort of shaky sense of self-identity, I thought it was, um, I thought it was quite realistic, actually, his... Uh, and and there were lots of people on the on the twitters just going oh just get over it freddie you'll be fine and it's not it's not as it's really not as simple as that i do i do think it's worse for women using lose it who lose their hair through alopecia or something like that but mm. i do i do think it's it's a big big issue for for young men and it should not be kind of um dismissed lightly in fact we had a very good email well a sort of a interesting in terms of what we were just saying email from um uh, Mama Foof, who said, I am confused based on his outdoor job, his just broken sounding voice and his age. I'd always pictured Johnny to be youthful, strong and stocky with lots of blonde hair. So I'm struggling with the current storyline because it doesn't fit my mind's eye image of him. But that's exactly the point. Exactly. That, that, that is you know, the point. He's, uh, it, male pattern baldness doesn't, doesn't discriminate. It is just if, you, if, it's, if, if it's in your... If if it's in your genes, that's what you've got. And there's nothing you can do. Absolutely nothing. Mm. I, I, I agree with everything that you've just said. And I, when, when I was at school, and I've got a sneaky feeling that way back when, um, in an early dum-de-dum, I have mentioned this 
but it was just horrendous. Um, Mark Smith was his name, and we are 16, and i never forget, we're in school assembly, and I could see a bald spot. Yeah. In the back of his head. And we're mm. 16-year-old boys. Yeah. So yeah. we just took the piss. Yeah. We're 16, yeah. right? Yeah. And the poor guy, you know, he said, oh, he'd been to the doctor's, and he said, oh, I think it's the gel that I'm using. It was male pattern oh, baldness. Yeah. By yeah. the time we were in the sixth form at 17, he was bald. He, yeah. His hair fell out so fast. This wasn't yeah. like, you know, going at the temples where you can kind of pretend that it's not happening yeah. for a few years. This was in the middle of your head, mm. right? And he, at 16, guy. at 19, he looked so old. Yeah. And the thing is, he was 19. And this was the 1980s as well, before you could just shave your head and call it style. You know, if you were shaving your head in 1980-whatever, you were either a skinhead or you were Or you just had chemo or something. Or you're mad. Or you're mad. You're ill. Only mad mad people cut their hair off. Yeah. You know, you you, you look back at all those films in the 70s, like Taxi Driver... It was it's like, I'm losing my hair. I'm losing my, my mind. I'm going to cut my hair off. So mm. it was something you just didn't do. There was no option. Mm. And I frequently, frequently have thought, you know, in the, in the passing of years, because I, I, I saw Mark the last time, I don't know, about three years ago. And he properly is bald as a coot, with just with a bit mm. of hair at the sides and stuff. And he looked like a man of... At least 20 years older. Uh He just did. Uh And I was thinking, why don't you just like bring all of it down? But he was so used to it by then. But he he started losing it at 16. That is devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And because we've lived in in a world which has been run by men, constructed by men, male pattern baldness, men have been able just to go, you know, um, are it, it doesn't really matter, and that's mm. the reason why I think this is a really important storyline yeah. now. That because lots of young men and and now having dysmorphic issues around their bodies, they're mm. looking at Men's Health magazine, they're looking at Love Island, and yeah. seeing men walking around with six yeah. packs and looking yeah. like Greek yeah. gods. No, yeah. people going to the gym. I think this is a really important storyline. Yeah. And it yeah. made, to, to completely concur with you, it made complete sense that Johnny, who is insecure, not comfortable in his own skill, always feeling that he's an imposter, that he's yeah. not really yeah. a farmer, yes. he doesn't really yeah. belong um, in that side of the family, that with his breakup with his girlfriend, that he's trying to answer the question as to why this happened to him and he's come to all the wrong conclusions and he's losing his hair and i'm so pleased that this is the storyline rather than steroid abuse yes yes i'm really pleased they've done this instead of that Mm. couldn't agree with you more and 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 when people were just dismissive of it i just i i found that you know sad Yes, this isn't menopause, but it's a sign of um, gender-related 
Um, what's the word I'm searching for? It's gender related. Um, it's a gender related condition, mm. you know. And not all men have male pattern baldness, but I think it's something like 60 to 70%. No, it's more than 70%. It's 70 to 80%. You know, you, you look at a man who's 80 and invariably he hasn't got any hair on his head. It's only about 20% of men around about uh, 70 to 80 still have a full head of hair. Um, and it's something which happens to men, just like the menopause happens to women. But it can be devastating if you think it happens too soon. That's the thing. Yes. When you still yeah. feel healthy and in the prime of your life. You know, I have, I know a woman who went through the menopause at age 35. She was oh, devastated. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no woman's, no woman is ready for that at that age when um, she's thinking, I still can have my own children. So she adopted two kids. You know, she was diagnosed at 35. She just thought she was having erratic periods for the couple right. of years beforehand. She didn't yeah. realise. You know, and, and I think that's the thing. We know generally that these things are going to happen to us, just like death ultimately is inevitable. But we are, we say it's sad if somebody gets chronically ill and passes away before the age of, let's say, um, 50 you know, mm -hmm. or because it's not supposed to happen to you then. And that's yeah. the thing. You know, Mark yeah. Smith, 16, and he was bald. Right. Devastating. Sorry, Mark Smith, if you're listening. Sorry that Royfield was horrible to you and everyone else was as oh, well. Oh, God. We, we were all terrible. It, it's one of those things you just look back in your life and yeah. you go, I was a yeah. proper shitbag. But, you yeah. know, the only thing you can say to, uh, you know, to try and get through is I was a kid. I was, I was a yeah. teenager. Yeah. But we were yeah. all horrible. It was just, yeah. we just thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, and you, mm. you, you look back and crumbs. Anyway, so I think... I can't believe how, how, how splendidly um, Freddie, St. Frederick of Lower Loxley, is, is being. I mean, he is, he is the world's greatest man now. Totally reformed. Ex-drug <laughs> dealer. He now is dealing sensitively with Johnny. He's taken the flack for the bag of drugs and, you know, he says, to, I'm not going to say anything. I'll, you know, Linda can think what she likes. Um, uh, you and know, also, it, it, I thought his interactions with Josh last week were good as well, saying that they were both, yeah. were, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the black yeah. sheep of the family, etc. Yeah, if I could turn you the know, clock back know and who all your that. Friends yeah. etc. Yeah. So th th yeah. that was good. Yeah, he takes after his mother, clearly, in that, you know, two weeks of therapy and he's completely sorted and never has a problem ever again. <laughs> I was thinking about Freddie and I know it's kind of well documented that I was never really a Nigel fan. For me, it was just too Billy Bunter-esque. Mm. But in terms of him being the offspring of Nigel, Freddie is perfect. He's so Nigel-esque in, in many ways you know, even down to the, you know, posh boy accent type of thing. Yeah. Utter sense of fun. But he's not Nigel. No. You know, I think in terms of writing two characters, uh, they've done a tremendous job. You know, yeah. he's not a clone, but he, he feels... No, he's not mini Nigel. And exactly. He's, and he's sort of tempered a bit by the slightly more sensible archers. Uh, mm. than the sort of just the overprivilegedness of, of Nigel. Part, he's kind yeah. of, yeah, he's sort of got a bit more sense and a bit more understanding of proper you know everyday life rather than swanning around at a stately home mm. 
But talking about Josh, you know, we just meant I just quickly mentioned Josh. You really did get me thinking last week when you're like, and you said, um, what's he talking about? That they've got his mobile phone. You just mm. have all your contacts in the cloud, just get another one. Mm. Right. Mm. Did, didn't half get me thinking. You weren't half right. Like he said, he can't even send any emails. What are you talking mm. about? He's got yeah. Gmail. Yeah. Right. He'll just, just get another bloody laptop yeah. and log in. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I hadn't thought about it. Unless yeah. you're not allowed to access those. Unless you're not allowed to use that number or that uh, that that email address. I don't know. Well, I think someone would have to call in and, and say if that was actually yeah. the case. Because surely that... Not only would it be a restraint of trade, so to speak, yeah, but your email address is your email address. You, yeah. you email your, you know, your granny yeah. or, and yeah. whoever on it. So yeah, I know it's, it. It strikes me as nonsense, and, and it's even more annoying that he's just hanging around the farm like a fart in a phone box when you know he should be, you know, <laughs> going to do something bloody useful. Lucy, what's a phone yes. box? <laughs> it's one of those things that's got a defibrillator machine in <laughs> now i think i saw one on doctor who are you yes. talking about a, a time in relative space and dimension machine <laughs> yes <laughs> great um shall we do calls because i actually have notes uh this week and you probably Ooh. noticed because uh, that's the reason why i was, I was talking about ah, stuff yes we have. Can I do an email quickly uh, about me. the great uh, e- uh, the great uh, ironing pants debate um, that turned into a survey on Twitter um, over who in the village would iron their pants? And, and Sharon I Morgan, think I won. Did you? Yes. Oh, you you were in the lead. I know. I was. I thought I was miles ahead, so I stopped checking because I thought, oh well, I've yeah. won. Last time I checked, it was fifty-four percent agree with Royfield. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, after Brexit, you can't leave things to the general public, can you? Anyway, um, <laughs> Sha- Sharon Morgan uh, emailed and said, "I know of one good reason to iron underpants: mango flies." Cordylobia anthropophaga. If you dry your clothes outside in eastern central Africa and they don't get completely dry, the consequences are, shall we say, unpleasant. Ironing is a good way to prevent this. I didn't. I know, she says. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. I'm kind of intrigued and also appalled at what those consequences might have been. So let us know what they were, Sharon. Unless there's <laughs> in which case, you don't want don't. to know, Lucy. I want to know, <laughs> but I might not tell everyone. Else. If they're really horrible, I won't share it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is, is that is, any more emails? Uh, no. All right. Cool. Let's do this then. Hello, Ambridge3962. Now, um, continuing with the theme of undercrackers, it's our Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, I just want to uh, carry on from last week's discussion about ironing of underpants. (laughs) Um, And I think we've missed a point here. Um, My experience as... um, 
a wife and mother and grandmother suggest to me that if you were going to iron underpants, they would need to be cotton boxers. Because if you had stretchy jockey pants or wife fronts, then you you it just the ironing just doesn't even need to happen, does it? Because they're stretchy. No. But if you've got cotton boxers, I think you probably do need to iron them. Uh, because otherwise they'd be all crumply and uncomfortable, um, well, you know, around the um, underpant area, which isn't very nice. <laughs> so um, I think we now know that Neil wears cotton boxes. I think that's probably all I'm going to say on the matter. Um, I'm hoping that lots of you will join the lovely Andrew Horn and myself at the London Dumpty Dum get together on the 2nd of April. Um, I don't think we've decided quite where it is yet, but more details will emerge. Anyway, that's it now. Uh, love you all. Bye. Bye. I vote for Gordon's wine bar. Anyway, yes, he would wear, absolutely would wear cotton boxes and they would be pale blue from M&S. And Susan would bulk buy them uh, early in the in the in the January sales, and she'd buy about fourteen fourteen pairs of them, and then she would quietly dispose of them as the elastic starts to back a bit. <laughs> I love Neil. Um, there's an article which is really kind of imprinted on my mind about uh, being a perfect gentleman, a modern man, mm-hmm. and it says that no modern man has underpants older than three months old. That's so wasteful. Mm. Well, that's rubbish. It was, to be fair, this article was about 15, 20 years ago. I remember reading it some time ago about, and all about the scent that the modern man, the modern gentleman uh, has, uh, change of outfits, etc., etc. It was beautifully written, but it was this kind of, it was at the time of kind of like new laddism was just kind of slowly on 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 the decline. Uh-huh. So it was all about um, you know being educated uh, around music and, and culture, but still being in touch with kind of like rave culture. It was a great article, right. but the but the pant thing was always something which stuck out in my mind. Yeah. Crikey, some of my knickers are older than the dog. <laughs> No, 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 I don't do that. No, moving swiftly on. All right, so that was Dusty. Thank you for that, Dusty. Thank you for sharing uh, your pants with us, Dusty. hmm? What was that? I said thank you for sharing your pants with us. Well, they weren't actually her pants, but I think she's outed herself as an ironer of her husband's pants. Yes. She didn't exactly say that, but I think she says that. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh... Now, from Dusty, we go to Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles. Guten Tag, Dumpty Dumland, Lucy and Royfield. This is Iris from Germany again. Um, that was really funny. You're referring to my call and your German experiences. It's German compulsory in England. Who would take German voluntarily? Um <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's fun, and Lucy even pronounced my name German. Thank you. That was nice. Um, would you say Iris likes going to the farm? 
and Iris <laughs> is staying on the farm in German. That would be really nice, maybe not for the rest of the community, but for me. Um, and Merlin, thank you for referring to the call as well. Uh, as a teacher, I can tell when somebody's lying and you're not. So I do apologize. <laughs> you're not Joseph. And I'm feeling a little bit guilty uh, because Joseph didn't call in again. So Joseph, tut mir leid. Even if you're not Austrian or German, just do call in again. Um, I'm going to accept that Krusty is a just really beloved person. And uh, yes, I'm a Johnny come lately, being the vintage of Nolotando. So, all right, Krusty's okay. And speaking of Johnny, um, he's had the rug pulled with his friend cheating on him with his girlfriend. So he needs time and maybe I would recommend some good counseling. And there's a mm. vacancy uh, with Helen's therapist, I think. Um, <laughs> he would really need that. And then maybe I predict that a nice traveling co-worker is going to come to Ambridge and they are going to marry young, have many children and be happy ever after. Johnny, I want you to be happy. You deserve it. And now I'm off to the farm. Bye-bye and choose from <laughs> Germany. Bye. Yeah. What would you want to learn German for, Lucy? We were talking about this last night, actually, because mm. um, uh, we were talking about learning languages because Tilly's boyfriend is half French. And he said that he because my son was saying why does why do other languages have feminines and masculines why mm. can't everything just be the like it is in english and um although to be honest william's grip on english is a bit shaky at times but um Oi. uh and he he said um he said oh i did german and he said and i was fine until year year until the third year of it when we hit the dative and the accusative and the genitive and he said the second we got to the genitive it was all over <laughs> And he said I had to give it up. And yes, I, it, oh, gold. My verb, my German verbs are absolutely shocking. My tenses and clauses and things. Terrible. Anyway, sie bleibt gern auf der Farm, Iris, if that's what you want. There you are. Oh, I can count to 100 in German. Really? Yeah. I did it for three years in senior school. And I was sehr shit. I was... <laughs> I was terrible, Lucy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. You don't strike me as a natural German speaker, I have to say. I struggle with English, you know. Mm -hmm. like, I struggle yeah. with my mother tongue. So the joke was, I um, so in, in infant school, we did French. And I was the worst. I remember la bougerie, la bongerie, <laughs> the bakers la and the butchers. There you go. I can't, I can't even pronounce them. The you know, and the I can count up to about 10. The bakers, right. the butchers, je m'appelle, that was me done. Right. Right. So. I said voulez-vous coucher avec moi as well, probably. Well, at the age of 10. Come on now, Lucy. <laughs> uh, and then we go off to Great Bar Comp. And I'm put in the stream to do German. I'm like, thank God, because I was the worst at French. Mm. And I aced the first lesson. So good, Luce, so good. Because it was all about German culture and history. 
Ah. There you go. After so, that, it all went downhill, yes? Went downhill. It's such a steep yeah. clip after that. I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So the teacher was like, anybody know anything about Germany? I'm like, yeah, Holy Roman Empire. She's like, holy cow, look at you. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> look at me. Look at little little Royfield in the corner. Bish, bosh, bang. So much so, I got a letter sent home to my parents from the German teacher. Your son was excellent. He knows, he knows so much about Germany and German culture, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a pleasure to teach him German. It was not a pleasure for Mrs. Merrill <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, I oh. hated every moment of German from, from there on in. Count to 100. That's it. Three years of state education. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hard language, hard it language. Really so, Iris, it was forced down my throat between the ages of uh, what eleven to fourteen. I was happy to get out of it, and um, I do not have an aptitude for languages. I know words of Italian because I had a few Italian girlfriends about twenty years ago. Uh, but the, but that that's me with languages. Lucy is a proper linguist. She's no, clever she's like not. that. Oh, you are. Stop it. Oh. I was a nanny in Switzerland, you know, of all the... Yeah, but you learned Swiss German and that bears absolutely no resemblance to high German at all. My dad used to have... My dad used to run a garage and he had um, Mm. uh, this this piece of paper that was... Because a lot of the the car parts that they had were German car parts. Mm. And somebody made up this pretend translation of what the... Because, you know, in Germany, when you make a word, it's... It's like the thing that does the thing to the other thing that makes this whatever happen. Then you just you know, put it's like, like Blitzen every, on you, the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just bolt bolt all these different yeah. different component parts together. So um, I always remember that the uh, windscreen wipers with a wish and wash and flip and flappin. <laughs> <laughs> it used to make me laugh every time I saw this piece of paper. Wish and wash and flip and flappin. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, to get back to talking about what she, comments she actually made about uh, uh, the archers, um, I think Johnny is in need of counselling. I totally agree. I think he's got an extremely skewed self-image, um, which can't be helped by a sort of non-existent relationship with his real father, a good relationship with his stepfather, but now he's he's sort of come to Bridge Farm at a very transition, a very important pivotal moment for him in his sort of development. Mm. And he's sort of building himself up from nothing, isn't he? And he's got the legacy of his father, who was a little bit of a, he's like a, uh, like all the best sort of mythical figures. He's a bit of a black sheep and a bit of a hero all at once. Mm. Um, You know, and, and Johnny's trying to sort of compile himself out of all this stuff. And I think counselling would be a spectacular idea, as, especially as you said, as Helen appears to have just abandoned hers. Um, and Iris, I'm sorry if you've sparked a diplomatic incident with Josef, who we think is somebody else pretending to be <laughs> Austrian anyway. So I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> so what's the archers in German? Das Archeren. Yeah. Yeah. Sicher. <laughs> cool let us know our let us know iris what the direct uh translation is for an archer in in deutsch please and uh, call in next week all right so that's germany that's our now recently um divorced uh cousins over there in europe now we hop skip and a jump over the atlantic and we have a little touch of the yankee doodle dandies with our master miles 
Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Master Miles calling from a beautiful day in upstate New York. The best line on the archers this week was Lillian telling Linda, this isn't Shakespeare, as though we needed reminding. The stupidest plot line in recent memory has now taken a downright offensive turn as Linda chained herself to the sign in front of the bull, or whatever it's called now, and compared herself to Greta Thunberg. Now, the climate crisis, I would like to say, is a real thing that we should really be doing something about. And the archers, since it's about people working in a mostly agricultural economy, should be doing something serious about. Instead, we get a protest over the bull, and we get Peggy trying to save the world with half a million pounds. Ain't going to happen that way. There are any number of people who have the brains, the social drive, and the activist tendencies to do something for climate change. Phoebe, Kirsty, even Linda, if the scriptwriters would give her the IQ that we believe she possesses. But enough about that. We also have Johnny and Freddie. Now, this is another plot line that's simply stupid because Freddie could just tell Linda, no. Those weren't drugs. I thought they were steroids. They weren't. Johnny was taking vitamin supplements or something else. He doesn't have to give away Johnny's embarrassing hair loss question or anything else. Five words could end that plot line, and in the rational world, they would. On the other hand, what we're not getting is the potentially very interesting story of Johnny and a strange sense of body dysmorphia. He seems very unhappy with his physical self right now. And that could go in all kinds of interesting directions. We'll have to wait and see. That's all from me. Bye. Mm. Bye. That's a damning, yeah, couldn't agree more. Mm, yep. Damning takedown yep. in the middle of your call there, uh, Master Miles. The only thing I would say, though I, I thoroughly agree, um, is that you, when you're caught on the spot, you, your brain fries. And for mm. Freddie to actually just come up with such a rational answer. Yeah, but he's had three goes now. He talked to her the day after. Then he talked to her when she was sat outside the pub. Mm. But if on day three you turn around and say that, it could come up. It, it sounds like a lie. No, you could say, well, it wasn't my business, but okay, I will tell you. Because you're making such a massive fuss about it, I will tell you. Mm. Even though, you know. True, true, true. It's like when you watch old-fashioned films and just think, not old-fashioned films, when you watch old films and you think this entire this entire film could would be over by now if anyone had a mobile phone. You know, they just ruined so many plots of so many things now. Mm. Yep. True that. True that. Um, yeah. Hmm. We Is it clear now? Yes. Uh, we can do Claire. We can do Claire. I was actually going to do with a spoon, but for you, oh okay, right. my podcasting wife, I will do Claire. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Claire from Clapham here. Just thinking that the only way that the whole ridiculous scenario between Linda and Lillian about the renaming of the bull, the only way it could get worse is if um, awful James and Leone and Mungo roll into the village and are then caught into the crossfire between the two families. And I dearly hope that the scriptwriters do not have that lined up for us. How long can this thing run for? Are they going to come mm. for Easter or something? It can't possibly keep going on that long, surely. The bull would have gone bust by then. 
anyway um so also i hope that emma starts a bit of a kind of flirtation with gavin realizing he's a petulant 15 year old boy at heart realizes what she was missing with a sensible um grown up and self-aware person like ed uh, and feels more warm towards him um i really feel for ed because he was the one who walked away from emma and uh, now he you know he can't really regret her you know being out with someone else but i understand where he's coming from i sort of hope they do get back together but they need to have a better mm. appreciation of each other um mm. as part of that and so maybe gavin is a catalyst for that that would be nice just a mm. quick note that uh the academic archers conference is the weekend of the 29th of february and 1st of march uh, i believe it's now going to be live streamed so if you are really dedicated uh you can tune in and watch me sometime on saturday afternoon talking about online archers fan groups uh, but there's a lot of other things on the agenda which are probably way more interesting than that. Uh, definitely more interesting than that. So, uh, yeah, and I look forward to seeing Lucy at the dinner. Bye. Mm, bye. You got your uh, your speech all typed up? No. What's it going to be haven't. on? <clears throat> Horticulture, Royfield. I thought I'd do it on the archers, you know. <laughs> well, it's just... I, yeah. You can never be too sure, Lucy. <laughs> it's going to be a roundup of the last year. Okay. Well, that, well, that yeah. sounds quite quite smart and quite apt. Mm. Uh, Possibly, if we can record it, we could put it out uh, as the special contenty stuff. Well, I was about to say the same thing. Great minds yep. think alike, and all of that. Mm. So um, maybe that Dr. Nicola Headlam. Needs a little word in her shell, like beforehand. Mm. Mm. So yeah, she'll come along with her camcorder and uh, park it in front of you. Oh God, no! Not film it. She can record it. Oh. You can record it, can't you? Okay, right. Uh, anyway, I'll leave you. I'll leave that. Yes, to you I and the will good sort doctor. that out. Right. Yes. Uh, what else did Claire talk about? Oh, this ridiculous storyline. Well, I'm not yeah. talking about it. So. Well, no, what, I'm not what, talking what, about it either. You sure? Yeah. No, yeah. because I agree what she said. It is ridiculous, and I really, really hope that they're not going to drag Leonian. It's this bloody competition thing again. I'm so bored of it. Oh. But I quite like Mungo Jeff and uh, Leonie and stuff. I mm. think they're, they're quite fun. And I know, but not they are, but not when they've got their own storyline, not when they're just hauled in for yet another flipping competition. Mm. True. All right, um, we've, we're at the end of the calls. Okay. I, I feel now. I feel we have many other week. things to do discuss. We? All right, we go. do. Go go go. Right for a start, mm-hmm. uh, the pub that claims to be the inspiration for the bull in the Archers mm-hmm. has called last orders for the final time. Uh, oh. The Bull Inn in Rippingale, Lincolnshire, ceased trading on Friday night after it was said to have run into financial difficulties, probably because they tried to change the sodding name. The closure <laughs> is part of the continuing decline of the British drinking culture. One hostelry shuts down every 12 hours. Um, Chris Charlton, chairman of the Real Life Rippingdale Parish Council, said, we want the pub to reopen because it's central to the community. Locals claim that the idea for the archers and the bull came about after Godfrey Baisley, the show's creator, visited Henry Burt, a farmer from Rippingale, in the late 1940s. 
But villages in Inkborough, Worcestershire, contest this. They believe their local pub, the Old Bull, is the real inspiration for Ambridge's fictitious watering hole. Now, I, um, famous watering hole, sorry. I posted a picture of uh, the Old Bull in Inkborough. Uh, the other day on the Twitters, and Kerry said that is not the um, inspiration. He said they claim it is, but it isn't. Um, so I presume he means that it is this one, the Rippingale one, uh, that is the um, that was the genuine inspiration for the bull. And it's very sad that it's closing. It's you know I am a huge pub fan, and that is very very sad. Um, and what's even the most sort of notable thing from that whole article is that if one pub is shutting down every 12 hours, how the blooming heck is the bull still surviving with no customers for the last week? Mm. The last month, not the last week, sorry, the last month. Mm. Well, you know, anyway, mm. we're not talking about it because it's too stupid. So there we are. Mm. Though there's, there's an article in The Guardian about three weeks ago, saying that the rate of pub closures in the UK is actually slowing down. That's because there aren't any left. They've already all closed. the rate. Not the amount, the rate. Um, Smart arse. But yes, anyway. Uh, So so that's it. So we just just move on. So Mm. just like do the social media bit after a little bit of a advertisement. Yes. All right then. Cool. All right, it's time, folks, for you to go and grab a grab yourself a cup of camp coffee, uh, chillax, uh, unfasten your bra, uh, just like slump in front of the the sofa for a bit, uh, and come back after this intermission and uh, resume your positions. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. <laughs> Ooh. 
Good day, everyone. <laughs> Completely forgot well, to press the button. Well, we started the week discussing Jakob, who we think could be a keeper. His uh, reaction to Kate telling him the news that she wasn't pregnant was just gorgeous. Wendy Morris said, I love him. He's very genuine and I'm so pleased his warm side was shown. I'm very excited to see an autistic character in The Archers. It's been fascinating to hear the neurotypical reaction to his bluntness. Melissa Williams said, I like Jacob. You know what you're getting because he makes it a, makes it a point to tell you. I can't ever see him being a liar either. He would have been a very dedicated father. Bless his cotton socks. Kate Riley said, could work. I don't think they'll stay together, but he's just had a huge responsibility thrust on him. She carries the baby to full term. I think a late miscarriage or stillborn could be a storyline. I think he'll be a great dad. He'll come out of himself and maybe his Ashburgers will be acknowledged. And that's really interesting point, Kate, because I don't think his Ashburgers has been discussed or mentioned at all yet, so we're all guessing. Um, Inga Blackford-Mubin said, As a person married to a guy mildly on the spectrum, I can really recommend them as partners, especially for a flighty creative type like myself. Oh, that is such a lovely thing to say. And Judith Lawrence said, He had me at empirical evidence, and that attracted a lot of laughter from many of us, so thank you very much for that. Uh, We we did have a very busy week with uh, a number of uh, different items on uh, the arches. And in fact, it's funny because thinking back, I was thinking, oh God, it was dull this week. But then I go back and look at all the things we posted and it really wasn't. Uh, So I'd posed the question of whether Gavin would bring Ed and Emma back together or would this be the end for them? Pip Duval said, God, I hope so. And I hope Ed drives Gav out of town. Stephen Bowden said, "Um, Gav will turn out to be some sort of wrong and possibly an agent of Russian intelligence or worse. The Gill people and the unravelling of his demonic or possibly just dull plans will be the catalyst for an Ed and Emma reunion. Melissa Williams, who was a great contributor this week, said something has been niggling me about this Gavin Philip story. I thought for sure there was a mention Philip had to take time off work and Gavin ran the company almost into the ground. A week or so ago, Gav gave Kirsty the Oxfam sob story. There is certainly something brewing in this plot, and now add a sprinkle of Emma and Ed dwelling on flash watches and clothes. For certain, reconciliation is on the cards. Laura Joe suggested that maybe Emma would be better off with Gav. He'd probably be able to buy her a house someday, and that seems very important to her. Laura Joe, I think you might have had your tongue very firmly in your cheek then. Uh, Rose McGlynn says, I hope it's the end, end for Ed and Emma. He deserves someone less mercenary. Uh, Heidi Griffith said, I thought it was like last night's EastEnders with Mick and Linda. And do you know what? I thought I have no idea what you're talking about, uh, but other people seem to agree. So what do I know? Uh, and Karen Cunningham, Cunningham said, I hope so. The breaking up of that family was ridiculous. And for what? Uh, we, I, I, the other thing I struggle with this week, and I really did struggle with this, um, it just I feels so out of character. I really do not like the spat between Linda and Lillian. I find it unlikely and tedious. And I wanted to know what others thought because, um, as we know, I don't often have the same feeling as everyone else because I'm isolated over here just thinking these silly little thoughts to myself. And Brian Holding said, no, I think I can safely say you are not alone. It is just a fresh horror to add to the B at Ambridge storyline, a bit like missing a bus on a rainy day 
only to be soaked by a car going through a puddle. Uh, thank you for that, Brian. <laughs> and Kate Law said it's ap- utterly ridiculous and it is insulting to the characters. Um, and Janet Horson said, Tonight I wondered if anyone listening for the first time would come back tomorrow. I think not. Uh, Lynn Sawin Fletcher said, Aren't they both grandparents to Mungo? What an example to set. Good point. I hadn't even thought of that, Lynn. Uh, and Lisa Wallace said, I'm sick of the whole beer Ambridge thing. Now it's just complete nonsense. Grown ups don't behave, behave like this, surely. And you know, Lisa, that's my absolute point because. I mean, apart from the fact that I can't believe anyone would do a sitting for a pub name change, I, th- I just think the way they talk to each other seems so nasty. Um, it's just unlikely. And Claire Wright agrees. She says it's all so nasty and unkind. Um, and, of course, we all know how that played out uh, with, um, I thought rather rudely, Linda being accused of being a dummy, and then it turns out it really was a dummy. Uh, so we had uh, Rob's Shosh has also uh, posted up on uh, Facebook, and that was a very popular post. And Witherspoon put up a double for Saturday. As you know, we have a non-archers-related uh, uh, comment at the on Saturdays, and he put up a two-item snap, and that is really um, setting off. Everybody's very interested in that one. So again, I recommend that we'd love you to come join us if you haven't already so that you can get involved in our discussions. And if you don't want to call in, this is another way to get a name check and to be involved in the discussions on Dumpty Dum. Uh, So until I speak to you in a fortnight, I'd like to say all of you, thank you and uru. Bye. No, no. Bye-bye. Thank you for that, Millie Bell. Yeah. Um, Luce, can you hit us? I can. uh, But are you ready? No, can I'm just going to hit you. You're just going to hit us. You're not going to let me but finish honestly, the sentence. But honestly, this is an entire article. It is one of the single most peculiar <laughs> things I have ever seen. I still don't quite know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to edit it as I'm reading. Right. But brace yourself, okay. right? People, I just do not know what to make of this. I'm Are gripped you? onto right. me sofa. Go. A mum from Chesterfield... Mm-hmm. Uh, says she feared for her life after getting trapped under her own bed for more than 12 hours. 39-year-old Claire Montello Mm -hmm. had pulled up the hinges on her bed to get her MP3 player, which was being stored underneath the mattress. But while she was reaching down for the device, the hinges gave way, sending the bed crashing down on her arm. Without the strength in her free arm to lift it back Mm -hmm. up and with her phone desperately out of reach, Claire was trapped. The terrified mum of three screamed mm-hmm. and shouted to no avail. Um, she was only set free when her husband, Francesco, 61, came home from his night shift and rescued her. Basically, her arm burst. It swelled up and burst. And she then had to go and have lots and lots of operations. Oh, my God. But here's where it gets weird, right? I thought I was going to die. I had to keep making myself sick to keep the moisture in my mouth as a way to survive. I must have vomited about 40 times. Right? That's quite odd. So Claire was home alone when she went to retrieve her MP3, which had fallen down a gap in the middle of her bed at 9.30pm on January. She said, I was screaming and shouting Mm -hmm. to get some kind of response, but it doesn't help that I live next door to a 92-year-old man who is deaf. I had BBC News on a loop and it was doing my head in. I was sitting there thinking, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, 
<laughs> I was sitting there thinking, oh God, not again. I've heard this. I had no choice but to go to the toilet there and then. <laughs> <laughs> and it continues. Francesco, a care worker, did not return home from work until 10.30 a.m. Uh, so he, she was then rushed into hospital, blah, blah, blah. Um... When I was in hospital, Franco took a sledgehammer to it, the bed. There's no way we'll be using one of them again. We'll have to find somewhere else to keep our Christmas decorations. (laughs) 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 That's just the single most surreal story I've ever read. And so from the sublime to the ridiculous, I love this one. This was from Mark Everden, who is cunningly disguised as our very own yokel bear. He said, fire. The old poof, which started the fire at seven Douglas Cottages, as reported last week, referred to an item of furniture and not the owner, Mr. Donnie MacArthur. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Right. And now you want Uh, tweets of the week. Do you? Or not? Right. uh, Yes, please. These were the grumpiest collection of tweets that I've ever read. Everybody is so pissed off about this... um, this uh, pub storyline, because nobody likes it. Not anybody, mm. as far as I can tell. The tweets were just incredibly grumpy all through the omnibus, and they were starting to make me laugh how, how grumpy they were. Anyway, Johnny Cassidy. Someone needs to tell Johnny that a big pat of Monty Muck will do wonders for his slap head. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. After all the tact and everything, everyone just got on the Twitter and just went, ah, just went nuts. Louise Jones. Penny me- perimenopausalistic expialidocious. Kate, you're a daft bint. <laughs> Gwen Lawton. Lillian, if you're so desperate for something to do, what about riding your fat horse instead of hanging around in the bat ambridge? Um, the vintage year. I think we should brace ourselves for a snell sniff that will be heard in Ulan Bator. And Dominic Young, tweet of the week. Do you need to press a button? Oh, 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 stop, 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 stop. Okay. Right, because I do this in real time now. Don't just hold your horses. Don't do a thing. Right, number four. Dominic Young. As you were. Here's a thought. Perhaps there are so many honks from passing cars because Linda is sat there topless. Oh. <laughs> 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 Well done, you Freeman. I uh, mm. kind of feel that we didn't completely do the last week in Ambry's justice. Not your monologue. I mean, just like all the various bits and pieces. Well, I think it was so overshadowed by the stupidness, stupidness, stupidity mm-hmm. of th- that storyline that um, I can't kind of just, I c- everything's being put through mm. that filter. That that is true. Though I'm wondering, with the fat horse storyline, what's that all about? I know you know it's been mentioned in dispatches, but um, we haven't exactly got our teeth into it, have we? Well, no. But there's no point, is because there? it's just another way of Lillian to get cross. And da, 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 da. Mm. it's not a real storyline. It's like there's only seven people in the Archers at the moment. I'm sure if I was to count up the characters that have been in the, in the and last three of them are Linda. Two weeks would be more than seven. But I get uh. your point. I get your point. 
All right. Uh, so let's not talk about Josh also, and Ben. Also, I don't think... I don't think Robert would have let Linda cheat. I don't think he'd have approved but of that I wasn't, at all. But I'm not talking about that whole thing. No, I'm not talking about it either. He would have said that it's wrong. Is, is this episode going to be called the one where Roy Field and Lucy don't talk about the biggest storyline in the Archers and then actually talk about that? It's not a else. big storyline. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insulting our intelligence. It's not Stupid. funny. It's it not is. farcical. It's but that's why, you see, terrible. I don't want to talk about anything else because I'm not taking anything else seriously because if they can do that, then they're not taking it seriously. So I'm damned if I'm going mm. to. Whoever greenlit this storyline... Yeah, well, shooting, in it. You've got to be careful here because a pub wanting to update its image is legitimate. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, right? So... The storyline in and of itself isn't a bad one, but how they've decided to unfold yeah. it has been disastrous. Yeah. And it's got universal yes. condemnation from yeah. season listeners. And as Millie Bell said, someone said on, on Facebook, you know, if this was the first episode you were listening to, would you listen to another one? And I think the answer is a resounding no this week. The whole discovery of the dummy... Was, it's been an utter low point. An utter low yeah. point. But I'm not talking about it. Yeah. No, neither am I. <laughs> Dumdydum.com, folks. <laughs> Go, it's got shop. It's got... <laughs> if, you, if you're right, if you're probably, you're probably listening to this podcast right now, just before you settle down and go to sleep, you got a nice cup of cocoa, Horlicks, cup of tea with you. Not coffee, not at this time of night. Never a cup of coffee. And you're just thinking no. to yourself, this receptacle, okay, it's doing a job, but I'm sure another receptacle could do a better job. You'd be right. Go to dumdum.com, go get yourself a mug that says dumdum on it, and it will hold your hot liquid with a plum. We did actually specially design these ones to hold we hot did. liquids. We did. <laughs> yeah, we thought that would be so they've been bespoke they are bespoke mugs tailored to your hot beverage mm -hmm. needs now however yeah. you can listen to this podcast whenever you want and if it is the morning time and you're getting ready to go out the door uh, to work maybe you're listening to to this whilst having a, a sip of your, a sip of your coffee and and you, you know and dum dum mugs work with coffee in them too however if you are getting ready in the morning and you're saying to yourself, hmm, what should I wear today? Maybe you could wear a dum dum t-shirt. And you're saying to yourself, I don't have one in my wardrobe. But then what you do is you go to dumdydum.com, click shop, order yourself a dum dum t-shirt and across your chest will be emblazoned the legend dum dum or some other Archers related punnery which has been penned by our Lucy. So, oops. And my mic's just fallen over and hit my chest. Let me pull that back. <laughs> <laughs> now, apart from T-shirts and mugs, we have other apparel. And I won't go in, into them all, but why don't you just go on to dumdydum.com, hit shop, and avail yourself of all of our dumdydum wares. Uh, it's a very uh, conscientious, adroit uh, thing to do if you is a supporter of Zadumdidums. Look good 
look sharp. And why would you exactly. not be? Look good, look sharp, and support uh, your favourite podcast by going on to dumdydum.com. Also, whilst you're there, yes. you can do some other stuff as well. Like, you can, like, comment on um, Lucy's monologues. You can actually see Lucy's monologues now because we post them up on dumdydum.com as well as the YouTubes. And remember, if you uh, do go onto the YouTubes and you fancy a little bit of dumdydum action on there, not only do we need you to subscribe because we need to get up to 1,000 subscribers and we're at 460, so we're halfway there almost. Mm. But you've got to hit that little bell icon, which is up in the top right, because then that notifies you. Oh, I couldn't find Dro- it. It's in the top, top right. right oh. shape, lock and bell. I was going to message you yeah. and ask you where it was. And okay. then you will get a notification whenever new Dum Dum content has gone up on the YouTubes. But you can watch our Lucy actually from dumdydum.com. A special shout out needs to go out to Cosmo, who surpassed himself with his podcast roundup of last week's episode by not at all talking about the podcast. (laughs) It really is just like um, Cosmo's little place to opine on his travels. And he did a compare and contrast between Cuba and Ambridge. So, which is where he is... Um, holidaying where he was holidaying um, up until last week so go on to dumdrum.com if you want to hear about uh, Cosmo's, Cosmo's travel musings on his travels and occasionally he'll mention the podcast uh, he is it's, it's, it's a thing of genius by the way Mike Hatton you have not emailed me and and let me know when we can actually yes, do Mike Hatton. our show smack bottom exactly. Mike Hatton smack Hatton Mike bottom yes <laughs> And remember, if you want to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us mm. a message. And I'm going to go backwards and mention Patreon.com. Go out to Patreon.com. Oh, sorry. And uh, you can give us two uh, US dollars per show. And uh, that helps keep the lights on around here. And I know there are some people that uh, contribute to us via the old PayPal's. I did say last week that we're going to mention the PayPal uh, contributor in uh, this week. I forgot to do it. And whilst Lucy was doing a monologue, I tried to look through my PayPal and to, to download the CSV file. It was all just too much for me. I knew you weren't listening. I knew it. Why? How? Because I can tell. I was in a Because when you're not listening, you pretend you were and you go, mm-hmm, <laughs> when I finish a certain paragraph. God, no. I've that been makes you, you think that that is your, your cunning way of showing that you've, you can't laugh because you, can't, you don't know whether it was funny <laughs> or not because you, you weren't listening. So it's kind of just like interesting point mm-hmm, without actually knowing what the hell yeah, it was. I, I was in a proper panic. I was like, oh, crap. I said, you know, uh, big up all the, uh, the PayPal people. <laughs> I just couldn't do it in time because you've got to <laughs> download the file then I need to filter it and just for people with recurring payments and I couldn't do that whilst feigning uh, proper interest feigning in interest in my monologue yeah. yes so, sorry yes. sorry 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 so mm. Facebook I didn't get where I am today by feigning interest in your monologue <laughs> <laughs> oh what was that character called Oh, CJ. Rise and fall of Reginald Perrin. I love Leonard Rossiter. Yeah. Tony, you've got two black eyes. I know, CJ. 
Careful, Tony. I didn't get Brian today by having two black eyes. I'm sure you didn't, sir. <laughs> Madam, let's have her in. Great. Super. It's not great or super. It's very sad. Sorry, Sorry CJ. Come. <clears throat> right, Elizabeth. Thank you. <clears throat> Sit down, Elizabeth. <clears throat> now then. David! <laughs> Did you dictate a letter to Elizabeth last week on the subject of soggy sponges? I did, CJ. Sorry, Elizabeth. There's no need to be sorry. Sorry, CJ. <laughs> well, what did you say in your letter? I, I said something like, Dear sir, I am sorry. Sorry, CJ, but I, I was sorry. I, I, I'm sorry to hear of your complaint about soggy sponges in our frozen trifles. We have received no complaints of other items deficient in the manner you describe, viz. sogginess of the sponges, and I would respectfully suggest that there must have been some error in, in the storing or, or unthawing of the article or, or, or articles in question. A great letter, David. Your best yet. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> now, will you read out what Elizabeth actually typed, signed and sent? Yes. Sorry, Elizabeth. Sorry, CJ. <laughs> Dear sir, thank you for your complaint about our soggy sponges. It makes the 11th this week. <laughs> the explanation is simple. Frankly, our sponges are soggy. The fault lies in your customers for buying overpriced, oversweet, unhealthy, synthetic rubbish. <laughs> Did you write that, Elizabeth? Yes. Why? It's the truth. We wouldn't last a week if we told the truth. <laughs> but I didn't get where I am today by telling the truth. I'm sure you didn't, CJ. All right, Tony. All right, David. I'll deal with this. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, CJ. You both handled this very well. Great. Super. Oh, what a giant of British comedy. Anyway, Facebook folks. See you later, darling. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Hippopotamus on the line. I'm sure. Oh, yes. Somewhere there's going to be a little piece of, a little place on Facebook where there's a Leonard Rossiter uh, fan group. I'm sure there must be. Uh, but if you can't find that, uh, why don't you find Dumpty Dum on Facebook? Uh, go there and uh, have some fun and just like hang out, shoot the breeze. Do they do the Saturday non-Archers related posts and all of that? And uh, it, good fun is had by all. Um, that's that. That's the show. I think we're just about done. No, no, Andy Weatherall related music at the end of this one, unless Lucy can cobble together a reason for me to put some Andy Weatherall music or some other great piece of music. There was something. I think I'd like you to play something triumphant, not Land because of, of the archers. No. Hail the... Mm. No. What could it be? Bit of rebel. Uh, anyway, it's because we need to celebrate the fact that Harvey Weinstein has gone to prison, where I hope by now he is already someone's bitch. Mm. Yes. Mm. There is a very powerful New Yorker magazine cover. Uh, I get uh, invite people to go and Google it, do the Google image search, which is all the women who have accused Bill Crosby of raping Mm. them. And first Mm. off, I didn't even realise what it was. I was looking for images uh, to do posters for my brother's new place, and it's black and white, and 
there's these row of women who are all sat in chairs. It's just like a white background. And there's maybe, I don't know, maybe like five, seven rows down, ten across. And it was only when I then blew it up that then you read it. And the first one is like the, the uh. mid-60s. And it's just all mm. these women just, just sat down. And it's yeah. inc- an incredibly powerful statement of the evil mm-hmm. uh, of this one man mm. and how many lives he is, um, not going to say ruined, uh, but how many lives he has come and, um, you know, messed with, you know, put it at, at, at mm. its lightest and stuff. But, yeah, mm. so... You know, Harvey Weinstein, let's hope that he gets more than just his just desserts, not just uh, legally, but um, Uh. uh, with the social justice scale, shall we say, you know. And the Uh. whole sham of him being some bumbling old man with his Zimmer frame. The Ernest Sanders defence. Ernest Sanders is the only man who apparently recovered from senile Mm. dementia. That's quite impressive, isn't it? Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible man. So, uh, I've got to think of something triumphal. Have I? Yeah. Okay. All right. I will think of that. Um, can it have a thudding, skipping dance hall beat? Yes, that hardly seems likely that you're going to be able to find something that will match up the other requirements. But have a go. <laughs> You doubting me? Music, my 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 breadth of musical knowledge here, Lucy. No, you normally get it spot well, on, don't no, you? Well, this is where we have a, a mutual circle jerk. Though I know you don't have a penis, right? But like when it comes to you, don't know that I identify as having one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't put that. I'll get bloody death threats. <laughs> After knowing you for the seven long years that I do, you've never identified. What do you mean it's long? Been very it's been long, a joy. Lucy. Shut your face. There's been many a trough in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to put some music on the end and maybe this might become a thing. I don't know. All right, so. I know. I know what we want. Can we have Raise Hell by Brandy Carlisle, please? Right. Uh, we'll, we'll give that an airing, shall we? By the way, talking about music to end podcasts uh, when we can have a new walkie talkie oh god I'm editing it now I know I always say that but I really am great yes soon 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 <laughs> smashing and folks if you if you're at all interested my audio documentary series 10 American presidents uh, there is a show on the history of impeachment uh, which will be released this week with my a good friend, Corey Brett Schneider, the constitutional law professor at Brown's University in New York, who doesn't half know his shit, Lucy. Whew. Right, proper smart bloke. And uh, the whole... Have you got in touch I with Angela yet? And I only remembered this morning. I Hurry need up. a proper swift... She doesn't know how Twitter works, in so she won't know how to, how to do it. So I'm, I'm yes. on it kick, like a car kick. bonnet. Anyway, I'm wittering on. Let's okay. go. Let's say goodbye. I've been down with a broken heart since the day I learned to speak The devil gave me a crooked store when he gave me crooked feet But Gabriel then came to me and kissed me in my sleep And 
and I'll be singing like an angel until I'm six feet deep. I found myself an old man and I tattooed on a sign. I set my mind to wandering and walk a broken line. You have a mind to keep me quiet, and although you can try, better men have hit their knees and bigger men have. Now ring that bell. Oh, now ring that bell. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.